everyone on this magical day that has never happened before in the history of days. Life is challenging right now, right? To say the least. It's a roller coaster of challenges and emotions and we're navigating through this pandemic and we are experiencing the racial equality evolution. Um, So, you know, while we're going through these times and accepting these times that we're in and we're doing what we can um, to be a contribution to the solutions, hopefully. In the midst of all this, we can take a step back. We can be the witness to the bigger picture at work here, knowing that the one constant in life that is always guaranteed is change. And with change, comes new, a new day, fresh life, fresh opportunities. Life is beautiful. Like a rose, it does have sharp thorns, but it's still sweet and it's still beautiful. So I hope yours is beautiful and sweet today. Thank you so much for joining me here at Spiritual Alchemy with Erica for episode 19 the continuation of Relationships, the series, part two. Okay, let's get this party started, you guys. With everything going on, are you taking time for yourself? Are you taking time for and with your loved ones to stop and smell those roses? I hope so. Loving yourself is extremely important, as we have discussed on this show and will continue to do forever and ever and ever. So last week, we talked about how the relationships in our lives affect us one way or another. You know, some more deeply than others and that they're often, well, I think always they're intertwined with each other. Um, I began by sharing my two most important ones, which are spirit, my relationship with spirit and with my daughter, Indiana. So now I'm going to pick up where I left off about that sweet child of mine. So I told you that I was literally sleepwalking until she was born and that she gave me life. I mean that literally. I keep saying literally, but it is really true. She is my raison d'être. And I imagine that French people everywhere are probably laughing at my attempt. <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to say it again. My raison d'être is basically my my reason for being. That's what that means. It's it's your reason for existence. And that is how I define my daughter. I am 15 years clean because of Indy. I choose to be a living example of someone in her life who does not drink or take recreational drugs anymore, but still lives and enjoys my life to the fullest. I want to show her that when we're truly present in the moment, that that is where the best memories are made. That that space is where all the magic in life happens. And there's no exception to that. 
it doesn't happen in the past it's gone the future is not guaranteed and hasn't happened yet every good thing happens in the present moment and so for me i need to be clear and present and sober to be able to really experience those moments so absolutely everything i do i do with indiana in mind so even you know what jobs i can take if it's a job away on location how long is the duration can she come with me what about her schooling and what about her peace of mind you know i i I really think about the decisions that I make and how they're going to impact her in every conceivable way that I can. So on that note, I have been single for 11 years. (gasps) I know, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, being a parent is the most important and difficult job there is, in my opinion, in the world. And being a single parent can feel like double duty. You know, we we have to be everything in the household and we need to play all the roles, right? Mom, dad, disciplinarian, both sides of every coin. And the truth is that after everything that needs to be done gets done, my time left over in the day is very limited. And so I choose to spend that time with my daughter. And, you know, honestly, I've also wanted to protect her from becoming close to someone that I'm in a relationship with and then, you know, having it possibly not work out, I don't want to leave her with another loss as she's already suffered once with her biological father. You know, I never want her to have to go through something like that again. So I have chosen to remain single. Here's the thing. Not only do I love my child, more than anything, more than I can articulate, but I like her, you know? She is literally my favorite person in the world to hang out with. Our most favorite thing to do together is to go driving. We go everywhere, you guys. We go everywhere and we go nowhere. (laughs) Um, Sometimes we have a destination in mind and other times none at all. We just hit the open road and we have fantastic conversations. A huge part of cultivating a healthy relationship is listening to each other. And this is the time for me where I feel we really strengthen our bond because we're just relaxed. We're listening to good music and each other. And when we're in that really relaxed state, it allows us to open up with each other So we have some of the best conversations we've ever had, literally in the car. Our road adventures take us to the beach, to see horses, to look at incredible architecture. We love mansions, um, and we always look for wildlife. We've seen turkey vultures. We've seen coyotes, which, of course, I swear, sometimes look like hyenas. And so then we debate about that because she tells me they're not here. Anyway, now I'm digressing. I definitely feel like all of the relationships uh, that are a part of my life today have become much more important to me since the birth of my daughter. So when she was born, everything changed on a really deep and soulful level for me. I woke up. I gained new perspectives on what life must have been like for my mom, who struggled with two jobs, working nights, and 
trying to figure out being a single mom to three kids. It's really made me appreciate her so much more. But I'll say on the other side of that, as a parent, I can also remember how hard some of those times were on us kids. You know, like not having my mom around as often as I wanted her to be. And and so I try to use that memory to choose differently for my daughter today, like remaining single, for example, right? So I do have that time that I have that's free to give to her or anyone else because I know that relationships are work. It's like that old saying. How does that saying go? That relationships are like gardens, right? They need water, sunshine, and weeding or else they die. Relationships need time, attention, and TLC or else they die. Last week, I gave you guys some homework. I asked you to write down the top three relationships in your life today and then any questions or issues that you're having next to them and to reach out to me and share your questions. So I'm getting really excited, you guys, because you are starting to reach out to me. Please keep doing that. And thank you, Drew and Ruby, for reaching out to me. On that note, here is a question from my dear friend Ruby and a listener of the podcast who asked, what do you think the effects of our relationships with our own parents during our childhood might be having on us now as we raise our own kids today? That's a good question. It's important. Um, So Ruby, I do know from personal experience that the effects our parents have on us from when we were kids are huge, right? I mean, We learn what we live. Children learn what they live. We can say things to our kids, for instance, in anger, right? In a heated moment that may quickly pass for us, but stay ingrained on their minds and their souls forever. And that can really deeply wound them and leave scars. Those scars create beliefs about ourselves. Just like Eckhart Tolle explained in episode 17, Ego, Edging God Out, that our beliefs we carry from childhood co-create our identities today. I believe how we handle our heated moments is really, really important and not easy. Of course, we're human. So for example, when Indiana and I hurt each other's feelings, there may be a cooling off period, but it is always always followed up with an apology and sometimes even a discussion if it's needed to better understand where we were both coming from. Now, on the other side of that, we can raise our kids up with praise and lots of love, right? Building self-esteem that is healthy and strong. And when we instill in our children the belief in themselves that they can do anything they put their heart and mind and souls to, that shapes who they will later become as parents themselves. Now, having said all of that, I really believe in most cases that our parents did the best they could at the time because that's all they knew how to do. Otherwise, they would have done better. So 
Ayanla Van Zant, one of my most favorite self-help authors and writer of one of my all-time favorite books, you guys. I've literally read this six times, and I've given it to almost everyone in my life at that time, called In the Meantime, Finding Yourself and the Love You Want. I highly recommend this book, guys. So Ayanla says, some children do what they're told to do. Some children do what they're told not to do. All children do what their parents have done. So on that note, I do believe that it is our job as parents today to learn from our childhoods and our pasts and to do and be better than our parents were to the best of our abilities. Because then our children will be better than us and they will be better for their children and then their children will be better and so on, right? So we just, each generation, try, we try to do better. Think about this for a moment, you guys. I also try to remember that my parents are individuals too. And that sounds so silly to say, but I mean, I really want you to think about it. You know, we're conditioned, obviously, to think of our parents as our parents. That's my mom, that's my dad, but stop for a minute. They are individuals with their own lives to live, hopes, their own dreams. And when I look at them as people going through their own journeys, like you and I, it helps me to have so much more compassion for them as the parents that they were to me. Because now I'm looking at them less with judgment and expectations or, you know, what should they have done as parents or what, but wait a minute, just my father as Dale, my mother as Iris. What were they feeling? What were they going through? And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, a whole other mindset comes about. So I try to remember that our parents are people too. But having said that, I need to say this. I know that some of you have shared very traumatic experiences from your childhoods with me. And so I, I must say that causing trauma or you know abuse to our children is never okay. Right? Of course. So sometimes unconditioning or relearning and getting professional help might be necessary for us to heal so that we can take care of ourselves and therefore be better parents. I think in essence, while our memories will always be with us, we need to continue evolving as individuals, ourselves, as the unique beings that we are today and also recognizing what we've overcome and then we will be better parents. Now, let's talk about what makes a healthy relationship. Not only to be healthy, but to thrive and be able to survive through life's many ups and downs, how to sustain being in a healthy and lasting relationship. Okay. I mentioned a few of those aspects when I was talking about my relationship with my daughter, right? So some of those were that I've mentioned respect, willingness, good communication, forgiveness, and trust. So those are just a few. Now, I do want to point out that these often overlap each other, you guys. For instance, I'll give an example now, respect and willingness. In the relationship with my daughter, Indy, we show each other respect by allowing one another to express ourselves without judgment. So 
what do I mean? She can be her activist feminist self and I can be my spiritual pixie dust loving self with a bit of a dark side, I might add. (laughs) And aside from our occasional snickering at each other, we respect our differences. So, for instance, Indiana may react, right, to a protest going on right now by being loud and posting on social media and maybe creating an art piece around it and hanging it on her wall. Well, I might choose to take the situation in quietly. I might pray and meditate on it and then bring it to you here and talk about it in the podcast. But we respect each other's different personalities and ways of expressing them. And then willingness, which I believe is the propellant or the fuel that we need to get us through the challenges in our relationships, okay? With willingness on both sides, you can conquer anything. For instance, when Indiana and I butt heads over politics, it can get really heated. But we are willing to set aside our need to be right, if only for a few minutes, long enough to hear each other's opinions, right? So nine and a half out of 10 times, we actually hear something unexpectedly true when we do that from each other. And we're able to say, thank you, that just taught me something. Or I still don't agree with you, but I do understand why you feel the way that you do. And it's a lot easier, you guys, to agree to disagree after you've come to the table, so to speak, and calmly discussed your issues and both points of view. So that's where we can see that respect and willingness, although they're different, they're going to overlap in similar intentions, if you will. Okay, so next on the list is a really big one, you guys, and this is good communication. Remember that wonderful counselor I had who I told you about, Jenny? And she used to tell me to invite the devil to the dinner table. I mentioned this to you in episode 16, Invite Fear to Dinner. So Jenny also gave me another piece of advice that I am never going to forget. She said that it is our duty in a relationship to give the other person the information and what they do with it is none of our business. Oof. This one is twofold. So it's my duty to communicate my feelings to you, right? Or here, I'll give an example with Indiana. Because as a parent, I can't expect her to know what I'm thinking or feeling, right? Now, what she chooses to do with the information that I give her is, quote, unquote, none of my business. Now, for parents, I'm going to say here, mostly, as long as we're not talking about, obviously, safety or child-rearing necessities. So, I can tell Indiana that it hurts my feelings when we sit down to dinner and she woofs her dinner down in two minutes and, like, runs back to her room to get on the, you know, FaceTime. So, instead of spending some nice time with me while we enjoy our meal together. So, if... I've done my job if I've communicated my feelings to her, okay? Now, Indiana has the information of how I feel. And she's going to take this information and she's going to do what she wants to do with it, not what I think she should do. She might continue to hurry through dinner after two minutes and leave. Or she may choose to take what I said and make a change. 
But either way, it's quote unquote, none of my business. So let's relate this to your partner, your romantic partner, right? Or your spouse. It might go something like this. You tell your partner that they're not doing enough around the house to help you. And it's causing you a ton of stress and you're starting to become resentful. You say that to your partner in a loving way. You have now communicated that info to them and done your job of giving them the information. However, whether or not they choose to take that info and do something about it is not up to you. You cannot control the outcome. They may choose to start helping you and then you feel better No resentment is building and you feel heard by them, right? Or they may choose to ignore the info you gave them, continue to not help you, and now the resentment continues to build. And that is a recipe for trouble. Communication breakdown. Remember, people are not mind readers. Well, you know, there are a few of those, but that will be another episode. We can't expect other people to read our minds and know how we feel. So we have to communicate that. However, once we communicate that info to them, we got to let go of the outcome and not quote unquote, write the script for them. We can't write how our partners should react. But if we're being honest, do we anticipate how they're going to react and expect what they should say? Of course we do. But we need to stop shooting on people. They have their own desires They get to have their own thoughts and opinions too. So there you have, look at this big overlap. You have respect, you have willingness and good communication. And those are only some of the important qualities needed guys to not only create a healthy relationship, but to sustain one. Now we're going to cover much more throughout the series. Sheesh, this is exhausting. Hence my still being single. I also want to mention two more important aspects of relationships, which we're going to get to in future episodes, and they are freedom and love. Funny, leave it to me to say love last, because I have come to learn over the years that while love is obviously important, it is not enough by itself to have and keep a healthy relationship. And neither is lust, people. So let's look at freedom quickly, or maybe not so quickly. I think we will cover this one. So freedom, this very word scares a lot of people when used in discussing their relationships. Why? Because it means loving, supporting, and trusting your partner enough to let them be free to express themselves as individuals and even get ready for it to spend some time away from you sometimes. And that same goes true. You get to, for them, you get to spend time away from them, right? Parents, this applies to us as well. Not just romantic partners, right? So that is really scary if we don't feel confident in the areas I've already mentioned and especially in trust. Because it will mean letting go of control to a certain degree. Again, if we're applying this to us parents, we have to keep our kids safe. And then, of course, there are certain things that are not up for negotiation, like brushing our teeth. But what happens when we don't allow the other person to express freedom? Eventually, they lose 
themselves, right? They lose their identities. They can become resentful, feeling smothered, and eventually turned off. If your partner, for instance, wants a girl's night out or a boy's night out, you immediately take this on and equate this to mean time away from you. Your mind starts to reel, right? And in comes the monkey mind. They want to be with other people and get away from me. Or, well, who else is going to be there? Hmm? Or what if they meet someone else? When the truth is simply that your partner is their own unique and individual self, right? With their own friends and their own interests apart from yours. I mean, honestly, this is why you fell in love with them, right? So this is part of what makes a relationship healthy, maintaining one's own individuality and having the freedom in the relationship to express that. Now this is, you know, trust really overlaps here as we've talked about. Without trust in a relationship, you have no chance of your relationship surviving or being healthy. So parents, when our kids are going through various phases and they want to express themselves in ways that are not harmful, of course, but perhaps you don't personally like, I ask you to take a step back and ask yourself, if this is not going to harm my child, can I let go enough and give them the space and the freedom to discover who they are, right? Like, say, having purple hair or black fingernails or to wear combat boots with their skirts, right? Or your kindergartner wants to wear a leather jacket and the little flower girl dress that they wore in your Aunt Nellie's wedding and mismatching socks. Or listen to music you hate. I mean, we were all kids and teenagers once. Again, remembering that. Raising Indiana teaches me a lot about giving her space, the freedom to explore, to discover the various aspects of herself that she's just now finding out at age 14, almost 15. Her voice, for instance, right? Sometimes she's loud and really outspoken. <laughs> she is seriously opinionated and she can cut me to the quick with her clever wit and sharp tongue sometimes. Arg! And sometimes I get so mad. <laughs> But when I take a step back and I realize, by the way, how much this is going to serve her in her life as a strong woman down the road, I'm proud of her. You know, I'm proud of her. She's stretching out her wings and, and figuring out all of these parts of herself. And, and then I can have more understanding and know that she is going to find the balance, right? She's going to find that in time. But when we stifle the people that we're in relationships with, guys, it can have really negative consequences. Our partners can become unfaithful or angry and resentful and leave. Our children can become rebellious and do the things, these expressive things anyway behind our backs. Mm, maybe putting themselves in danger. I mean, we want to know what's going on with our kids and we want to be able to have that trust. So... When we remain aware with an open mind and heart, we can evolve as individuals and in all of our relationships. Ooh, guys, relationships are a lot.
So now let's take a moment here, you guys, and just sit and breathe. We have covered a lot of ground and I would really like for us now to find a quiet space and to get still. Let's close our eyes if safe to do so and take a good deep cleansing breath, breathing in all that is good, breathing out all that no longer serves us. Yeah, let's think about our most important relationships, the top three that you wrote down. And now I'd like for you to choose one, just one. Think about that for a moment. Do you have trust? Do you have willingness? Do you respect each other? Do you allow each other the freedom to be and to express yourselves individually and be loved without conditions? Let's think about where we might be able to improve that relationship and in how you spend your time together. Maybe you can think about some things that are wonderful that you share in common that can bring you closer. Okay, so now let's take another deep cleansing breath in and slowly let it all out. He who does not trust enough will not be trusted. Lao Tzu. Hey, you guys, this was a great show and I'm super excited to continue on this relationship journey with you and announce an incredible guest that will be joining us to further explore relationships <laughs> and to contribute to the series. We will be joined by the beautiful, multi-talented Cami Ellen who is a life coach, therapist, and teacher of the video series Luscious Love, and also my gorgeous cousin, I might add. She's gonna be here with us to share some of her professional insight on relationships and what helps make them work. So I'm really looking forward to talking to Cammie because I need to pick her brain, you guys. So keep reaching out to me, you guys, if you have questions for me or for the upcoming guests, right? Send them my way. You can reach me at erica at realericaleniakblog.com. You can DM me at Instagram at official Erica Leniak. You can uh, DM me at Twitter at Erica Leniak. All right, you guys, that was awesome. And now I need to thank my awesome team at A Really Good Home Podcast. So Thank you, Katie Politanoff, my producer, Ben Wilkins, my studio producer, Stella Valenti, our sound editor, and last but definitely not least, our senior producer, Andy Frazier. And a very special thank you to our composer, Hader Mir, for the most incredibly magical music ever. Thank you, beautiful team, and thank you guys for joining me and listening. Remember that you are powerful 
You have choices, so make really good ones, and I can't wait to hang out with you next time. Bye!